Hallelujah. How many knows that God's still in the healing business? Hallelujah. How many's brought your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. I want you to get it get in your hand and hold it up. I don't usually do this, but I just felt led to do this this morning. I just want you to hold it up this morning. I just want you to pre- repeat after me. This is my Bible. I'm fixing to be preached the Word of God. If I listen to it, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. I'll never, never, never be the same. Do you understand that there was a condition to that? There's a little condition, a little word called if, all right? The Lord done that in Scripture many times. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, right, and pray, then I'll come down and heal their land. If my people will do this, if my people will heed to my voice, then I will do this. Same way with you and I today. If we'll listen to the Word of God, the Lord will come in and will, I promise you, will never be the same anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you this morning. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 21. Just hold that place. We're going to read some of those scriptures in there in just a second. I'm sorry for the screen this morning. We're having problems with the projector. So uh, we'll get that worked on and see what's, see what's going on. You know, nothing really ever goes out until Sunday morning, right? John chapter 21. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought. Take care of the bride. Take care of the bride. Now this week is Valentine's week. And this coming Friday, I think it's Friday, right? It's Valentine's. is February the 14th. And uh, some of you will be taking your spouse out, your girlfriends and boyfriends and all those kind of things. And some of you may be hoping to have a, a girlfriend and boyfriend. Some of you may be hoping to have a, a spouse. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll deal with some of those things. But uh, I, I want to just want to speak to you this, on this thought, take care of the bride. Let me, ask, let me just ask the couples in here real quick. And I'm not going to deal with husbands and wives primarily this morning. But I want to ask you a question. How many of you husbands... Not the wives, because I know the answer to the wives. How many of you husbands remember your wedding day? Raise your hand. Hold it up. Some of you want to put it up and put it right back down real quick. So your wife won't see you hold it up. I want them to get a good look and make sure that they know you remember their wedding day. Amen. All right. (laughs) How many of you husbands felt like on that day... That all you want to do, and I know for the most part you didn't get to see your bride until she walked down the aisle. But when she walked down the aisle from that moment on, you simply wanted to take care of her. You just wanted to take care of her. Raise your hand. All right. Wonderful. Good. All right. Now let me ask you wives this question. How many of your husbands are still taking care of you? Wonderful. (laughs) All right. Every day. All right. Let me give you a little story here. It'd been a, it'd been a, it, it'd been the big wedding day, and uh, after and the reception, all the reception things and all of that. People come to the wedding. They came to the reception, and then came the honeymoon. The couple went to their hotel room, and after they unpacked their bags, the groom took his bride by the hand. He sat down on the bed, or actually, she sat down on the bed. He kneeled down, brother Roger, beside her, and took her by the hand, and he said these things. He said, "Now that we're married." I thought that I would take a little little moment and, and mention to you all the defects that I noticed about you. <laughs> the wife replied, I don't mind at all because it was those little defects that caused me not to have a better husband. <laughs> How many of you know that it's a universal truth today? That men who are wise, men who are wise do not tell their wives what's wrong with them. Is that, is that, 
I thought I'd get some amens from the wives especially. All right? How many knows it's not healthy to do that, to speak to your wives? Well, before we go to 1 John, or John chapter 21, there's a, there's, a, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we know as the love chapter. And it goes something like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. I want you to think about this in the, in the, in the sense of a relationship today. Love is kind. Love uh, is patient. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres because love never fails. And when you think about that from the Word of God, that's, that's what true romantic love is all about. And that's what the Bible talks about when he tells us about the Lord. And, and we know that God just doesn't talk about love, but God gives us example after example of what true love is all about. Matter of fact, if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the Bible says this. I want you to notice this scripture. Husbands, love your wives. That was the command there. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for the church. I want to stop right there before I finish reading this scripture. I want you to think about that scripture. We read it often. We may preach on it often. But I want you to think about that scripture. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? How much did Christ love the church? The word says that he gave his life for the church. Right? He gave his life. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. That's the bride we're talking about. Now when you look at that from a standpoint of a groom and a bride, Jesus is the ultimate example we know of, of, of that kind of love that we've, that we've just talked about this morning. He's the ultimate example, but because Jesus is that example of how a husband ought to love his wife. Jesus is the perfect husband. He's the husband of a wondrous bride. Do you know this morning that you guys sitting here under the sound of my voice, you are the bride of Christ today. You're the bride of Christ. You're the bride of Christ. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is. You are the bride of Christ today. The Lord is coming back after you. He's coming back after a church called the bride. And Jesus loves his church with a perfect love. He loves his church with a perfect love. I read an interesting, read an interesting article the other day. This is a few years old, but it, but it caught my attention. Especially, I guess they brought it back up because being Valentine's Day this week. And this is what this article said. It said, despite the sweet and loving connotations of the holiday, talking about Valentine's, Muslim and Hindu leaders in Asia are trying to stamp out the celebration of Valentine's Day by young lovers. While this holiday seems trivial to Westerners, it is a serious issue of cultural tension in other parts of the world. Cities in India have, have outlawed cards and guards uh, spent the day searching campuses looking for couples daring to celebrate the holiday. In Brunei, Valentine's Day has been declared a threat to Islam. Religious leaders feel the Christian practice of Valentine's Day. Now here's the thing, I didn't know it was a Christian practice. 
But they fear the Christian practice of Valentine's Day could erode moral values, weaken the community, and destroy Islam. Now, I don't know about you, but I found that interesting. And I thought, why do they do that? What is the purpose here? And the article went on to say that, that Hinduism and Islam regard Valentine's Day as a Christian practice. And the reason for that is, is simply that for Valentine's Day, uh, you know, for most Christians or whoever the Christian may be that, that practice it, is all about honoring the person that we love. Honoring the person that we love. Especially, it focuses on men buying gifts for their wife or their girlfriend or their spouse. All right? Buying those things and showing love for that. Now, that doesn't go over real well with, uh, with Hindu and Islam cultures. Why is that, Pastor? Because if you'll study their cultures, you'll understand that women are second-class citizens in their culture. Amen. I'm just telling you the truth. You know this already. And they don't revere women as you and I do today. All right? Matter of fact, they don't revere women as we should today. All right? Because I believe that when God places a woman in a man's life, he's given us a good thing. Because you know, this is not in my notes, but let me share something with you guys. If we didn't have that wife in our, in our life today, we'd be destroyed. Why does that? Well, I didn't get no amens from the men today. Why is that, Pastor? Because we don't like being alone. We can't do things by ourselves. We've got to have a woman on our side to help us out. Thank you, Lisa. Why is that, Pastor? Because the Lord says that they were given as a helpmate for us. That aids us and strengthens us day by day. All right, let's get off of that right now. But Christianity has a different focus. Because Jesus has a different, has a different focus as well. And, and he has set an example of love and how love ought to be done. And by this example, he showed us the most important thing on his mind was his bride. That's my point this morning. The most important thing on his mind was his bride and how to take care of the bride of Christ. Now look with me in John chapter 21. Very familiar story that you've read many times. Look down at verse number 15. The Bible says that when they had finished eating. Now this is after Jesus has already came back to life. He already resurrected. He has showed himself to the disciples. This is the third time that he's done this on this occasion. And, he, and, he, and when they had finished eating, he said to Simon Peter... Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, take care of my sheep. The third time... He said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter, by this time, was a little hurt a little bit. Because Jesus asked the same question over and over again. And the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Now don't lose me this morning, church. Stay with me. Feed my sheep. Here we have a moment here with Jesus and Peter. Here we have a, a defining moment here. Jesus, as I said, appeared to his disciples. This is the third time that he's appeared to his disciples. He has this moment with Peter, and, and he's sharing with Peter one of the most important thoughts on the Lord's mind. 
Essentially here, Jesus tells Peter, if you love me, then take care of my bride. Take care of my bride. Jesus here is instructing Peter to make sure that the church is being fed. Make sure that the church is being nurtured. Make sure that the church is being protected. However and whatever you have to do, make sure the bride is being taken care of. That was on the mind of Christ. That was his highest priority of that moment. His highest priority then and it's his highest priority now. Amen. When Jesus set up the church, he wanted to make sure that it was overseen by by individuals that could take care of the church as Peter and Paul and other leaders as we go throughout throughout scriptures and different men and women of today. In 1 Timothy, Paul says in 1 Timothy 3 and 2, the Bible says, Now the overseer, an elder, must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, then how can he take care of the church of God? How can he take care of, the, of God's church? And so in other words here, make sure his bride is being taken care of. Now, you already know this, but let me just draw you a conclusion here. On the bride's wedding day, I mean, that day is for her, right? I mean, from the time she gets up, she's getting pampered. She's getting hair done. She's getting nails done. She's getting the pedicure. She's getting everything, you know, for the bride. She wants to be taken care of. It's her day and rightfully so. Everything is prepared for her. She has attendants and she has bridesmaids and she has all these things that's going to take care of things for her. To get the church set up and all of these things ready to go for the big wedding day. This is her day. She's being taken care of. She's being pampered in other words. I'm not talking about a church building this morning. I'm not talking about a a church budget this morning. I'm not talking about the organization in the church. Christ's most valued possession is the body of Christ. His most valued and important possession are you this morning. These young people that we have up. The children's ministry that is going on today. That's his most valued possession today. In the body of Christ. The body of believers. That makes up a local congregation even as this one today. And that simply means this morning that if we love the Lord, if you and I love one another this morning, you remember we said a while ago, this is my Bible, right? I'm going to be preached the Word of God, the true Word of God. If I listen to it, God's going to bless me. If I follow the commands, He's going to bless me. If I follow what it says, he's going to bless me. You know what? We have trouble in the the church today. We have trouble to pick and choose what scripture we're going to listen to. Amen or oh me, you know it's the fact. We're going to pick and choose what's going to be right for me and what's going to be wrong for me. Oh, that one says I should do this, I should do this, but I don't really agree with that. Oh, that one says I shouldn't do that and, and I shouldn't do that, but you know, really it's okay. Well, I mean, we're in the 21st century. Everybody's doing it. We might as well go ahead, right? But the Word of God is still true. And if I listen to the Word of God, God's going to bless me. The conditions of those things, Amen. Conditions of those things. And so here's the first thing I want to give you this morning. And if you're taking notes, because it's not on the screen, you can write this down. The very first thing we need, to, we need to do in order to take care of the bride. We've got to make sure that we spend time with her. Got to make sure we spend time with her. 
I heard a story that, uh, about a wife who had, a, who had a, just a, a, a terrible day. Terrible day. She had three small children, and, and all day long they had, been, they had been terrible. I mean, you know, just, just you know, one, one after the other. She had to get on to them, spank them, had to do all kinds of things. Just been a terrible day. And to make matters worse, her husband didn't come home right after work. He had other things he wanted to do, and he never bothered even to let her know that of his plans and all of these things. And so when he eventually got home later on that afternoon or that evening, before he could sit down, I mean, she lit into him. I mean, she was telling him what for. She was giving him on the left side. She was taking care of him on the right side. She'd hit him from the top. She'd hit him from below. She was taking care of this guy. And he came back with, with, the, with this thing where she was at home, and, and it was her fault if those kids act like that. And, 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 and when he said that, everything went downhill from there. Amen? This argument grew loud and it grew with intensity and all of these things. And finally, after two hours of negotiating, <laughs> finally, after two hours of arguing and fighting, the husband said, hey, baby, stop. Just let's, let's stop right now. Let's start over. Let's start this thing all over again. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go out and I'm going to come back in again and we'll start all over. And the wife agreed to it. And so he went outside on the porch. He turned around and he, he came back and, and uh, opened the door. And he said, honey, I'm home. To which she replied, it's about time. It's 7.30 now. Where have you been for the last two hours? <laughs> well, the problem here is, this, this guy's problem here in part was caused by the fact that when his bride, now listen to me, church, don't, don't go off way in, in left field this morning. Stay, stay where we are spiritually, all right? The problem was when his wife and his bride needed him, he wasn't there. we got to take care of the bride. But if, but if when the bride needs us and we're not there, and I'm not just talking from a pastor's standpoint, I'm talking from the body of Christ. Are we not supposed to be brothers and sisters together? Are we not supposed to lock arms with one another and support one another? Are we not supposed to pray for one another? Are we not supposed to feel for one another when they're going through things, right? Is everybody with me today? All right? And so we're taking care of the bride. But this guy's problem, when his bride needed him, he was not there. His absence from the home weakened the relationship and made her believe that, that, that she was less than a bride than what she deserved. And when you think about that, when we put other things above being the Christ bride, when we put the church even the church above being the bride of Christ. Even other things above, we weaken that relationship. We weaken the church itself. Now, I understand that I realize I'm preaching to the choir because you're here this morning. You understand all that there is to know about the bride of Christ and the church and all of those things. But let me remind you that our presence with, with the rest of the church helps us to create enthusiasm in the church. When we come together like we're going to come together tomorrow night with the men and women, it's going to be a fun time of coming together, but we're having to cancel until next Monday. But we're doing that for a purpose. It's fellowship time. It's an enthusiastic time. It's a time where we can edify the body of Christ. Amen. Now, I'm not saying because you have to work and all those kind of things, if you couldn't come, you know, you're outside the will of God. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But understand this morning that we have to take care of the body of Christ. It's an important issue for the Lord. It's an important issue for the Jesus. In fact, Jesus says that when we honor him, we, when we honor him, we take care of the bride. We can bless him by taking care of the bride. He'll be there in Matthew 18 and 20, Jesus says, where two or three come together in what? In my name. He says, there I am with you. 
We've got more than two or three here this morning. So if we come together in the name of Jesus Christ, he's going to be here, right? The Lord is going to be here, amen. So we've got to spend time with him. The second thing is this. We've got to take care of the bride by saying words of love and saying words of comfort to her. Now, I don't know of any wife, any female that doesn't hear the word, that doesn't like to hear the words, I love you. I don't know of any, any spouse or anything that doesn't like to hear just that, that man just gloat over her and, and just spend time with her and all those kind of things. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, if you guys would be honest with yourself, you like it too. You like it too. And so we've got to say words of love and comfort to her. There was a boy and his sister, a little boy and his sister in the, in the attic one day. And they found this, this treasure chest of, of mom and dad's things. And uh, when they opened this treasure chest up, mom had, a, had some letters in there, Sister Mavis, that she had, had rubber band. They took some of these letters out, and it was love letters that the husband had wrote to her when they were dating and all these kind of things. And they began to read these letters. And after a while, the little boy looked to his sister and said, you know what? said, these aren't the names that mom and dad use now. They use different names now. But we've got to speak words of love. We've got to speak words of kindness and all those things. At the beginning, I told you that a wife, a husband, you know, we don't need to, as a husband, we don't need to insult a wife or belittle the spouse, right? We get in trouble when we do those things. In the same way Ephesians tells us, as Christians, we should not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't want to I don't be careful here not to step on any toes or anything like that or with any other kind of minister, denomination, whatever. But I have heard, and you have too, of preachers. I'll just use us, all right, that has used this podium many times to get on to the congregation, many times to belittle the congregation. And I pray, I'm standing here in front of you this morning and just asking God, if I've done that, that I want God to forgive me first and I want you to forgive me. Because I don't want to use this podium, a sacred desk in other words, to get on to you or, or lambat, blast you and all these kind of things instead of showing words of love and comfort to you. Amen? And we've got to do that as the body of Christ to take care of, of the body. But I've known of preachers that would get up and get in the pulpit who've attacked the congregations that they serve. But also at the same time, I've known of church members that does that. We all have, we've all maybe have been guilty of those things before by grumbling and complaining and frustrations and all of those kind of things. But here's the thing I have to remind myself of, and here's the thing that you have to remind yourself of. We, when we get in, those, in that situation, we forget who the church is. We forget who the church is. In other words, what we're talking about, they thought and we think that the church belongs to them. But how many knows the church doesn't belong to me? The church doesn't belong to you. The church belongs to him. And we've got to take care of the bride of Christ. Amen. And simply what was going on is we were simply abusing the bride of Christ by words and attitudes and all of those things. And it doesn't need to happen in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The third thing. We need to do. We need to spend some time with her. We need to share words of love. We need to share words of comfort with the bride. But the third thing is this. We need to invest ourselves in the bride. Invest ourselves in the bride. One of the most, one of the most values or one of the values of, of Valentine's Day is that it reminds us, it brings back to focus for us the, the, the point of just focusing on our mate, focusing on our loved one, uh, investing in our loved one, all of those things. It, you know, we know that relationships fade and falter. 
when we don't, when we don't uh, get involved in focusing on our, on our spouse, right? They do. We do it every time. We live in a nation today where, where we have 51 or more percent that everybody that gets married ends up in divorce. That's the same. Matter of fact, it's higher in the church world today than it is in the secular world. A lot of you should have said, uh-oh. But it's true. That's where we are today. But the main reason for a lot of those things is that we simply don't spend time investing in our loved one. We don't spend time focusing on the ones that we care about. Amen. Now, you've heard me say this a thousand times before. Karen, can, she can tell me all day long she loves me. And I love to hear that and I enjoy all that. But Brother Parker, I'm going to tell you just as, just as truth as I know how to tell you. After a while, I want her to come and hug on me. I like a little hugging every now and then. After a while, I want her to come and kiss on me. I like a little kiss every now and then. Yeah. After a while, I want to walk hand in hand with her to let everybody know she's mine. I'm hers. You know what I'm talking about. I love you. It's cheap when that's all you say. Show me a little bit how much you love me. Rub my feet. <laughs> Hold my hand. Embrace me. Kiss me. All those things. We need to invest ourselves in the bride. Now, many times one of the, one of the, one of the most uh, weakest things that us guys can do and that we have done is simply this, is the fact that, we, that many times we often, and really, ladies, let me help you with this a little bit, all right? Because sometimes, you ladies, you get on to us guys sometimes when it's, when it's really not our fault. We can't help some things. We really can't. We really, we really cannot help some things. Now, this is a great time, husbands, for you to hold your wife's hand, put your arm around her, just, you know, all those kind of things, just to make sure everything's all right. But let me, I'm, I'm going to try to help us a little bit. But many times, the weak, one of the weak things that, is, is, that we do, not all of us guys, but there's a lot of us guys, we don't know our, our girlfriends, whatever. We, we don't know the, 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 what to buy for Valentine's Day or things like that for our spouse. We don't have a clue what to get them. We think we do because we'll go get vacuum cleaners. We'll, we'll go buy dishes. We'll, we'll go get things like that. And we think, man, we, she's going to love this. She's really going to love this. And she doesn't. We don't, and we can't figure it out. We'll, we'll go down to the auction on Friday nights. And, and we'll, we'll buy wonderful things for our, and take home for presents and give to them. But uh, and she don't appreciate those things. Not, not ever. We just don't know what to buy. But let me give you one of the most simplest ways to take care of that solution. Ask. Ask, communicate, and find out about those things. You know, that seems so obvious many times. But husbands, many times even like myself, we tend to overlook the simple, simple ideas about just simply asking. Now here, don't lose me here. Think about this. In the same way, in the same way, many people come to church and sit there and they don't get involved because nobody asks them. Now, I don't have a problem with somebody asking somebody to get involved. Matter of fact, we need to, and we need to continue that up. But, but, but all too often, we don't, we, don't, we don't get involved because we simply don't get asked. And the point is this. If you and I today love the bride of Christ, we need to take the responsibility upon ourselves to find ways to invest ourselves in the body of Christ. You've heard me say this before. If you see a need, fill it. 
<laughs> I think it was a, a few weeks ago. You know, uh, there's some of you, and I'm not getting on anybody. Please don't take this wrong. But for years, for years, I, you know, I was, I was the guy to go to to unstop a toilet. I mean, I was the guy. And I, I, you know, I'd carry around the plunger with me around in church. And that's just followed with me. That's just stayed with me. And so on Sunday mornings, a lot of times, there'd be people to come say, Pastor Danny, the women's bathroom is stopped up. And the, the, the guys, and I told you a few Sundays ago, be careful about asking me those things. Because I'll do it. I'll go and stop it. But remember, altar time is coming. I may have to lay hands on you. You know, ever since I said that, ain't nobody coming to ask me to do unstoppable bathrooms. The Lord helped me out with that one, didn't he, Sister Rachel? <laughs> Leon, he, he has to do it every now and then. And I think it was that Sunday he raised his hand and said, I'll help you. I'll catch him. I'll catch him. That's right. <laughs> Have you been asked since then? Okay, all right, it's working. It's working. But if you see a need, then feel that need. In other words, invest yourself in the body of Christ. Invest it when those needs arises and those things like that. We need to invest in the bride of Christ. Amen. Three times, understand this, three times Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Three times. Every time Jesus drives home the point of how important it was for those who love him to feed the church, to nurture the bride, to care for the bride. And we want to involve you here, I promise you. We want to involve you here at Pathway as much as you want to be involved. Because at some congregations, only a, only a select few may, may, may you know, they, they only do just a few things or do everything at the church. And we've been guilty of that as well. But we want to involve you, I promise you. But if, you, if we're not coming to you as fast as you think we need to, then come to us. Amen. Ask. Ask, them, ask and we'll help you with that. And then the fourth thing is simply this. We, when we love the bride of Christ, we, 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 want, we need to work at making sure the family grows. We need to work at making sure the family grows. I want you to notice something here. When Jesus spoke to Peter that day, he, Jesus asked him to feed and take care of something. What was it? What was it that Jesus asked Peter to take care of? You remember? His sheep. The lambs. Take care of the lambs. Take care of these things. Take care. Now, we, we, we've talked about this before, but besides the wool, what else does the sheep produce? What else does the sheep produce? Other sheep. It produces other sheep. And that's simply how we build up the flock. It's simply how we build up the body of Christ. And that's how we build that. That's how we increase the church. We simply help feed the lambs and feed the sheep. We, we talk to people about the Lord. We share with people about the Lord. We share. We build up the body. We invest within the body of Christ. Amen. Valentine's Day is, is all about showing love. It's all about modeling the love that, that, uh, of Christ for our loved ones, our spouses, our girlfriends, boyfriends, all those kind of things. And, and, and for the world around us because, because many people in this world simply does not know what love looks like. They don't. As the musicians come, I want to tell you, I want to finish out with this little story this morning. We live in a world today that they don't understand. They don't understand what love is all about. They don't understand what, what, what this concept of, of what God was talking about with love. It's totally opposite of what the Lord is speaking about. Because I just read you in 1 Corinthians that, look, love is not, it's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not prideful. It's not, it's not disrespectful, right? It's not any of those things. But we have to love the Lord with all of our heart. He loves us with all of his heart. But there's a story that many of you may have already know that 
a little lady by the name of Helen Keller, that when, when, when she, she completely lost her sight and hearing at 19 months of age, they say, from, a, from an infection. And she, she tells how she learned the meaning of the word love from this lady by the name of Ann Sullivan. This was her teacher who was, who was half blind herself. And Helen here told her about her first meeting three months before she was seven years old. And she said, the morning after my teacher came in, this Miss Sullivan came in. She led me into her room and she gave me a doll. And when I had played a little while with that doll, Miss Sullivan took my hand and she spelled out the word doll, D-O-L-L, -L, in my hand. And that's how I learned what this, what this doll was. Several days later, Miss Sullivan told, or Helen told of how Miss Sullivan pumped cold water on her hand. And then spelled out the word water, W-A-T-E-R, water. And after several months had went by, many words that she learned how to spell. And she was beginning to communicate. Miss Sullivan spelled out the word love in her hand. And it says that Helen Keller spelled back in Miss Sullivan's hand, W-H-A-T-I-S-L-O-V-E. What is love? But she, never, she, she never understood what love is. And the point of that, she was trying to get her to understand, and what I'm trying to get you to understand this morning is the body of Christ, of taking care of the bride. That is our objective as members of the body of Christ today. That's our objective as the bride of Christ today, is simply to trace into somebody's hands and to people all around us that Jesus loves them just like they are. He loves them just like they are. I don't know where you've come from this morning. I don't care. I don't know what, you, what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter, really. Because Jesus loves you just like you are today. Loves you just like you are. I don't know the problems that you may have going on in your home today. doesn't matter. But Jesus loves you just like you are today. I don't understand of all the things that you're having to deal with today at home. I don't understand the struggles. I don't understand the cares that you may have today. But I do understand this. Jesus loves you just like you are today. With every head bowed and every eye closed very quickly this morning. I want to ask you today. I want to ask you today. I want to ask you today. Do you love him? Do you love him? As much as he loves you. I've tried to preach to you this morning about taking care of the body of Christ taking care of the bride. I've tried to share with you a little bit using a few little stories and being Valentine's Day of how we do with husbands and wives, but more importantly than any, any of that, how do we take care of the body of Christ? We've got to spend some time with the body. We've got to share words of love and comfort at times. We've got to do that. We've got to let the bride know with ourselves and with each other how much we care for one another see you're my brother you're my sister this morning it doesn't matter if you're a member of this church you're my brother and sister this morning in Christ when you've accepted the Lord as your Savior whether you're in the balcony whether you're on this main floor when you accept the Lord as your Savior today you have become my brother and sister today in Christ and I need to try to help you I need to try to speak words of comfort and love to you today let you know it's going to be okay. 
Bible tells us that in this world we're going to have persecutions. We're going to have tribulations. In this world we're going to go through things that, that probably none of us wants to go through. We're going to go through. But the Lord says, take, take comfort. Take comfort. I've overcome the world. I've overcome these things. I'm for you. I'm not against you. If you're sitting here this morning in the balcony, this main floor with every head bowed and eyes closed, and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know the Lord. I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior, but I want to find him today. I want to know who this man is that talks so much about love. Because to be honest with you, I don't feel love today. I don't feel love today. I need love in my heart today. And I can promise you this morning, church, that the Lord can put a love, an everlasting love in your heart today if you'll just accept it. Would you just lift up your hand so I can see it and put it right back down? I want to accept Jesus as my Savior today. Thank you so much. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior today. You say, Pastor, I'm here today and I, I know the Lord is my Savior. But you know what? I, I've not been living up to my potential. I've not been living up to where God is wanting me to live. Hadn't been doing the things that probably I need to be doing. Hadn't been taking care of the bride of Christ the way I need to be taking care of the bride of Christ. Hadn't been spending enough time. Hadn't been sharing those, those words of comfort and love that you preached. Hadn't been doing those things, but I recognize today that I need to. If that's you, would you just put up your hand? Put it right back down this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you to stand this morning, church. And as you stand this morning, so I won't embarrass anybody with their hand that was lifted up today. There's several hands that went up. I want those, especially those of you that raised your hands today, I want you to come forward this morning. But at the same time, I want the rest of this body of Christ. Because really, when you think about it, as the body of Christ, every one of us needs to do better. Every one of us wants to do better as far as loving the Lord more, giving Him our all. And I want to invite you this morning, as, as they get ready to sing, we'll give you a little time to get down here, just spread out all over this front, and, uh, and then we're going to close with a final prayer this morning. Those of you that lifted your hands in this balcony on this main floor, and then the body of Christ, I want you to come in, in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.